Hello and welcome to the Animation Club podcast. This is a Q&A featuring Sarah Ann Kennedy. Please note that these Q&As were recorded across 2020 and 2021 during the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. Goodbye for now. So welcome Animation Club to another uh, live online Q&A. Today we have uh, Noah is co-hosting with me today. So Noah is our uh, new animation assistant and we'll probably be joining for the animation club when we see get to see you in person. And joining us as a guest today is uh, Sarah Ann Kennedy, so a writer, director, and a voice actor. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself a bit more, and then we'll and we'll ask some questions. Okay. Uh, right, I'll take it away. Right, hello everyone. My name, as um, Sam has just said, is Sarah Ann Kennedy, and I am probably more well known now for doing the voice of Miss Rabbit in Peppa Pig and also Nanny Plum in Ben and Holly's Little Kingdom. Um, I started off, uh, I did fine art actually as my first degree and I started making funny little films uh, when I was at Newcastle Poly as it was now, now called, I think it's the University of Northumbria or anyway, it's all changed. And then I made some funny little short films and I didn't really have any teeth. You know, it was a kind of fine arts of course where you sort of just, well, in those days, you just got on with what you wanted to do. So I just got on with what I wanted to do, and I kind of taught myself how to do animation. And then I applied to the Royal College of Art, and I was lucky I got accepted, because I wasn't as technical as the other students. They'd all done animation at Farnham and all these places. They'd learned about storyboarding and, and doing character designs. I didn't really know about any of that. I just got made these funny characters and just animated them under the, under the rostrum camera, which is the camera that points down in those days it was good. And you just had it, and you had a, you know, like a plane that was sort of a flat surface, and then you animated on that with the camera pointing down, and it was all on film. That's how I first started. I just messed about really, and I, I quite like just doing the voices and doing all the characters. So I used to make these characters up and so then tell all these stories. And I did all the voices myself. So I'd be, you know, I'd have all these different accents, and um, and then I'd break the sound, which I'd worked out. You had to break all the sound down first, which is what you still do. Apart from Studio Ghibli, who actually traditionally, I didn't realise this until recently, in Japan, they do all the animation and then they voice to the picture, which is really not the Western <laughs> We do all our voices and then we break it down phonetically mm. and, we, and we then um, voice, you know, then it gives us, we know where the beats are and we understand what mouth shapes each character, you know, what, you, what, what each word makes. So that's how I did it. And I, I'd had worked out the house, everything was lip synced. But quite bad animation and slightly <laughs> but it was you know there were stories so and that's what got me into the Royal College and my tutor at the time was Bob Godfrey who you know famously you may not know he did Henry's Cat and Rhubarb and Custard and also Richard Williams Richard Taylor sorry not Richard Williams Richard Taylor who did Mr. Tips and Alistair so these were big shows when I was a child so I was really excited he basically he taught me, particularly Richard taught me how to do a storyboard, which I've never done, how to do a character, <laughs> and how to plan my animation, which, you know, was the key thing really for animation, is the, is the planning. And I still carried on doing all my own voices, and and uh, and, and that's how I got going. And um, so I'm going to show you a film in a minute, um, which is, a, it's not a great film, but it's I made this when I was in my first year at the Royal College. And if you can imagine, I'd literally come with no experience of doing any kind of animation, but I did like telling stories. So the strength of this is the story, not in the drawing or, or the actual animation, 
it's appalling. Well, I remember I'd, I'd never done a walk cycle. I said, well, how do you do a walk cycle? And he said, oh, use these four stages. They're your four <laughs> stages. Oh, all right. And then I said, so I just did that. And then I filmed it. And he went, where's all the in-betweens? I'm like, all the hurt of them. What in-between? Right, so you'll see it's really badly done. But, that, you know, I was quite new to animation at this point. And I, I couldn't believe I sold it to Channel 4. Amazing. And the BFI bought it. It was in there. You know, they've got it as part of their collection. It's a really terrible film. But anyway, it's quite good to watch when you get a sense of, of how to make it. I mean, or not how to make it, but, you know, it kind of shows you everybody has to start somewhere. Nobody starts off with a filmmaker. Everybody mm. starts from somewhere. And you learn as you go through. And I'm still learning now about, well, obviously, all the software's changed and everything has changed. It changes all the time. So you're constantly learning how to make things in a different way. So I'm going to try and share my screen and show this yeah. film if I can. Hopefully it'll pop up. If not, I'll jump on and okay. it pops there. Yeah. Have to add so, it, I think. And this, okay. And this was a project we were given. The project was you had to write something, make a film about yourself. And I just thought I didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I've made this film about someone, someone worrying about making a project, just going, <laughs> just going buying loads of things and doing other things and not doing their project. So which is sometimes a bit like me. <laughs> I'll share my screen and I'm hoping this will be right. Share screen. Share screen. I'll pop up and see if it asks me to do anything. Window will screen, or entire screen, which I think might be easier. So you'll see it's a bit messy, it looks a bit messy. Um, and I'll find, here we are, I put you down here. And this is this film, and I'm almost ashamed to show it, but there we are. <laughs> it's so bad. There is some sound eventually. Oh no, there's no sound. That's really annoying. But it is basically this character who goes off and decides to do this project and, and, and I could show it you without sound, but I think it'd be boring. But I will look at this one, Family Favourites. Now this is a film that I did. Uh, uh, I did this, my first commission. When I finished the Royal, at the Royal College, I did another film called um, On the Rail, which I don't have a copy of. I have a slight copy of it. I've a copy of it in a programme, but um, I don't have the whole thing. Unfortunately, I made everything on film and I seem to have lost those film reels, which is really annoying. But I've got a little bit of it. That mm. is so unfortunately now it's much easier not to keep things because everything's digital. But then there were quite big reels of film, it was all mm. so it's quite easy to kind of lose things in moves, moving about maybe. So but this next film I'm gonna show you is something I made again I voice it, it's something I made when I first left the world. And I didn't have a job at that point. I'd worked in the Royal Court Theatre in the bookshop. I used to hate it. I used to investigate about crying. When you leave college, you can't see the job and leave it there. Of course you go. You have to do a bit of something else. Anyway, I sold my first year film to Channel 4, and Channel 4 asked me to go in, and they said to me, oh, we really want to do a I don't think I'd be able to do a title. I didn't want to do a title series. No, I want to tell stories. I didn't really want to do a title series. And then we had this show called, um, well, anyway, it was a discussion program. And I, and, um, and I said, and I got to know the producer, and I said, well, I'd much rather make a short, funny film about Christmas and how difficult Christmas can be. Because all you ever see about Christmas at that point is all jolly. And it is nice, Christmas. It can be really fun, but it can be a little bit stressful for the mum sometimes. <laughs> they have to do everything. <laughs> and so I kind of wanted to make and that and about a girl coming home and not wanting to, and feeling she's a bit old, she's like a teenager, and she's a bit like oh, I don't know what Christmas. 
So that tension, which only happens when you're a little bit older, not when you're young and it's still great and Father Christmas is, is not that he doesn't visit when you're later, but anyway. So it's a little bit about that and about family Christmases. So um, I'll show that, which has got um, sound. And I, this is something I did for four, and it was this magazine programme. And I've checked this for sound. <laughs> I'm still sure. Oh, there we are. Now I'm playing here. Oh, no. It's really weird. Oh, it's shutting the sound. <laughs> is it not, is it? not playing. It played earlier. It's not playing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, right. I'm going to play. Technical difficulties. Loads of technical difficulties. Well, it's live sometimes. Yeah, it played literally. I played it earlier. Mm. It just knows that we're live now, so it's decided to stop working. <laughs> there we are, it's playing. Yeah. Oh, I was going to make it bigger. Oh, yes. <laughs> Why couldn't you come home early? Anyone would think you don't want to. Oh, I thought you'd be staying in with us tonight. After all, you don't see us that often. But I've got to go out. It's Christmas Eve. Oh, well, don't worry about me then. No, you'll go off and enjoy yourself. Bye! Oh, I can hear my heart palpitations coming on. I might not be here next year. You've only got one mother, you know. Anyone I know? Well, I think you've been on there long enough. I'm expecting phone calls as well, you know. Oh my God, I can't believe it. What have you been doing? Oh, mm, very nice. Thank you. It was lovely. Mm. Oh, for God's sake, it's like a living nightmare. I know it's not quite what you asked for, but I thought you must prefer it. Well, put them on then. That is a bloody insult. I'll give it to Auntie Vera next year. But she hasn't got a doll. She can use it for herself. She's always been a disgusting eater. Oh, Matt, brilliant. Oh, this is... Oh, that's annoying. Um. <laughs> that's really annoying. Oh, <laughs> we'll catch up in a minute. They sometimes do that. Yeah. You can see, um, as you said, about... Um, I, I, the name's gone from me now about your tutor being the gentleman that worked on rhubarb and custard yeah he, he animated uh, some of this i directed uh, him and yeah. then i ended up getting him to animate some of it as well because it was yeah. a commission and i said to him i had no it was just before christmas and i probably had it was like a month or something and we we're really up against it we we're doing loads of all nicers and yeah. i sh basically um hired a space in Bob Godfrey's studio. So he ended up, oh yeah, and obviously you can tell by some of it, but he ended up animating some of it mm. as well. He said, oh, you need a bit of help, which is very annoying that it's working. Sometimes if you go back, that's very annoying. If I make it smaller, it will seem to be easier for him. Oh, sorry about this. No, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I really, I do really like it though. It's, it was a fantastic little. It was really sweet, yeah. It's very sweet, and it just carries on. Obviously, and the puppy gets drunk, and then, <laughs> and then the dog eats the Christmas dinner, and the mum's really, really crying. And then they all sit down for the Queen's speech, and then the Queen's speech turns us the Queen turns herself off because she's bored. <laughs> so it just goes on like that, really. <laughs> but it's like an alternative Christmas, you know. And I think 
when you get older, Christmas is mm. not exciting. But I couldn't, she couldn't say that to little people. It was still really exciting. I don't know how old everyone is. <laughs> but, no. Actually, having kids makes Christmas. It makes it really fun again. Mm. So, um, but yes, that was the thing I'm, I did about Christmas. So I'll get it. It's not playing. So we'll just stop. No. Okay. Okay. I don't know what, I'm why it's gone so weird. So again, I hope this doesn't happen. <laughs> This. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. So after founding favourites, I then worked on this show, and then I worked on East Enders for a short bit, actually, which is quite good. Mm -hmm. I've just got sharing my screen actually and come back into conversation. Oh, there we go. <laughs> after working on this, this I worked on the magazine show as a researcher as well, which I found really interesting because even though I love animation, I'm slightly interested in is stories, and so I, I liked meeting people and. Kind of meeting new characters and getting inspiration. So I did quite a lot of research on on this um, for this company called Stevens Care, and then through that I got a job on EastEnders, which I did for not for long, probably about a year. And I was a researcher on EastEnders, and I came up with the biography of Peggy Mitchell. That was my claim to fame. So I was very <laughs> about that. So so that was good, and and I learned loads about even though I'd learned when I was so whatever job you do, whatever you do in life. You always learn something new. It's, that's what makes life exciting, I think. Mm. Um, you know, it's when you go, I, I've known enough. Anyway, what, what's the point? You might kind of that idea of constantly learning something new, I find really exciting. So basically, then I went on these things. I learned about storylining and how to create storylines and how to create character biographies, which I know loads of students who were in screenwriting courses now, but we didn't, I did fine art and I hadn't ever done it. I mean, and I'd learned about making short animation and animatics, but I hadn't really learned anything about storylining and story structure. And when in soaps, how they have a great long one storyline that goes overall and then they have loads of little arcs and every week they have something that resolves itself. And they also have a cliffhanger, choosing which is the cliffhanger. And all the planning, it takes a year to plan all of that. And then you break it down and give those story editors to write up. So it's all really carefully planned. And I suspect it was then, it was only on Monday, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then it was night now. So mm. it's really important. I learned a lot from that. And that's when I did, uh, I wrote a series called Craps and Village, which is an adult series. I'm not going to tell it. But <laughs> we both did that series. It's on Channel 4, and I won quite a few awards for it. But at the same time, I, I worked with a girl called Candy Garth, and I was carried on doing my voiceover work, and I'd met her at Newcastle College, and we did, we did a play together, actually, and then when she went to St Martin, she carried on doing animation, and she carried on getting commissions, and she got a commission called Online, which was for Channel 4 as well, and I played the main character, Dolly. So I'm going to try and show you some Dolly, because you might quite like, I don't think he's been on for one, he's quite funny. So I'm going to. It's on the other way. It's on the other way. It's on. I'll, I'll see if I can. So I'm going to share my screen if I can. Share. Right. Share screen. Oh, it says use Chrome. Maybe uh, that's one of the problems. I'm using Firefox. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, shall I maybe turn change? Oh, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> And if not, I can go, I'll go to, I'll change it. I only just read that. Right, so we're in here. I did it in this show. So here, I'll have a bit of pond life. This is easy starts on the train. And this was shown about five o'clock. It's not too... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's quite a little clip from that. So um, stop sharing for a bit. So that's Pond Live, who I did with Candy, and that was a series on Channel Four, which was really lots of fun to make and um, and really good fun to do. And it was through doing Pond Live that I met Mark and Nev, who do Pepper. So after I'd finished doing Crapston and 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 Candy and I finished doing Pond Live, I had a studio i went and joined a, an animation studio called loose moves run by this guy called glenn holberton and ken lidster and i was there and i was going to do maybe half hours of crapston and it, and it didn't really work out and i i just couldn't get i couldn't kind of get into it really but it was while i was there and mark and never made this um great series called nights big nights and that had been on bbc about the same time as pond life and they'd always really liked dolly's voice which i played and so when we were all unemployed, well, they were unemployed and so was I unemployed. And we were all in this studio trying to kind of come up with ideas and wondering. And also they'd stopped commissioning adult animation like they used to. So all of us were a little bit at a loss. And Mark and Ned said to me, oh, you know, we're going to go into doing kids. We're going to have a go at doing kids stuff. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. I might do that. And then I, I did perhaps and it was slightly, it's not very suitable for kids. And I said, well, I don't think it's going to give me a job after perhaps. And we sort of laughed about it. And then they showed me the pilot. And the pilot for Pepper wasn't really a pilot. It was like a taster. Mm. It just had Pepper. And she just said, hello, my name's Pepper Pig. Uh, this is Mummy Dirt. And then it was, this is Mummy Pig. This is Daddy Pig. And this is my baby brother. And we all liked, you know, adventures and jumping in muddy puddles. It was really cute. And and anyway, that's all they did. And then they talked about the show. And they got money and funding. And, and that's how they got the funding. And then... Um, they then approached me and said, oh, do you know, they were quite sweet about it. Mark said to me, do you know anyone who might like, like to quietly write a bit, you know, for Pepper? We're looking for some, uh, you know, a group of writers. And I said, oh, I don't know. I'll have a think about it, you know. And they went, no, we mean you. Would you like to? I mean, oh, my God, I was really excited. I went, yeah. So I started writing. And I don't think I was that good writing Pepper. I mean, I did a couple of, written a couple of episodes. But then they said to me, one of the characters I wrote, I didn't write it for me, it was this character, Miss Rabbit, and she worked in the supermarket at the time. And they said, oh, why don't you just do her voice? Because I'd written the episode, and they, and they said, oh, why don't you just do her voice? Because, you know, but Honla hasn't been on for a while, and people won't remember it now. Of course, they do remember it, and I can't say that. Candy would be very upset if she heard them say that. But it wasn't on it currently, so they felt it was fine to do. To use, they wanted to use my own voice rather than doing a another character's voice so um yeah so then that's how i started doing pepper and i wrote a couple of episodes one about shopping and one about riding bikes and then i started decided i wanted to go into teacher so i was doing teacher training at the same time and doing something for the bbc i was writing something for the bbc as well and then i started doing pepper and and then i did miss rabbit's voice and then we kind of lay you know, it just grew. And then suddenly Miss Rabbit was doing loads of little jobs. So suddenly she was in the supermarket, then she was driving a train, then she was, and then they quite liked the idea of her doing all these different jobs, you know, and they found it quite funny. And it sort of, it was oddly parallel. It was, it was like life mirroring art or mirror, mirror or whatever, either way around. My life was sort of oddly mirroring that at the same time. I was doing loads of different jobs and loads of different things. But I ended up going into teaching and moving up to Preston. And when I moved up, I think we'd done the first series. We finished, or halfway, or we had done the first series that had been out. And then it just carried on, and it's carried on for years. And I can't quite believe we're still going to be doing more. Mark and Nev aren't doing it anymore. Um, there's another company called Carrot. There's a bloke called um, Jamie Baddington who's going to be taking over the, the, the um, directing of it. So it won't, I don't think it will change massively. 
but um, yes, yeah, it's, it's like for that lot, for Mark and it's the end of an era for them, but the voice people are still carry on voicing it. So I know they're writing scripts at the moment, so we'll probably start again September time, revoicing it. But yeah, so that's been a huge accidental career, really, for me. I wasn't, I kind of love animation, but I wasn't really planning on kind of doing, being, I mean, I'm so excited that I'm still in it. It's brilliant. <laughs> so I've got an episode of that with me, which I think it's slightly bad quality, but obviously everything seems to just cut dead after a while. So I'm not quite, but that's fine. Um, so uh, I'll go... Before we show, we we've got a question from uh, Wilfred. It says, "What's your favourite project you've worked on?" Which... What's the favourite project I've worked yeah. on? I guess that's such a hard question. It's a good question, mm. um, but it's quite a hard one. I'm just trying to think. I've worked on. I don't know. They've all been. They've all been good in their own way. I mean, Pepper, I love the most because it's the longevity of it, and I'm so proud of it. I know when we all mm. started, I remember. We were in Mark's house, so having a glass of champagne, going, well done, here's to the Pepper crew, and we were all excited. And I didn't really, I just, because the nature of, you know, of, of any show is you never really know which show is going to be successful, even though you kind of got all the things right. Um, you know, obviously you go into it thinking, I really want to make the best show I can, but nobody really thinks, oh, it'll be going 20 years later. You know, it's unbelievable. So, um, not maybe 20 years, about 20 years, yeah, it is 20 years. So, you, so or at least 18 anyway i can't I'm, it's but it's been you know, that kind of ballpark yeah. yeah but um so that is something i'm really proud of proud to be part of something that's such a huge legacy known all over the world it's been mm. i've done other projects that have been exciting in a different way like i eastenders at the time i found quite challenging but i learned loads from eastenders and actually it was a really it pushed me my my, my pushed my my craft skills and my writing skills much further though so even at the time i found it challenging and difficult in some way i have very fond memories of the different reason you know i was i was really proud of crafts and villas because i won a few awards and it was all my own work and all my own idea and all my own and i was really proud of that achievement so they've all i think i always find something positive out of every project because you always learn something from from everything, but I think I'm, you know, I think Pep is the most well known thing I've ever done, and I'm very proud of that. I think you know that's a, it's in them. I mean, they've done so well, Mark, and they really hit the nail on the head when they made that show. And I don't even think they were expecting it. We're still working on a year later. We got to the stage where I think, oh, you know, they just felt they'd run out of steam a little bit, and they wanted to kind of come up with other things, and they felt like they couldn't while they were still doing Pepper. Even though they came up with better news, yeah. I think maybe I don't know if they want to do their own practice or their own work, you know, their own short yeah. film, which is what they did before. Is that answered your question? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I went on. I'm terrible. I go on. And no, on. no. Don't worry. So, does, unless there's any more questions, I'll share a bit of Pepper yeah. with you. Uh, yeah, and then Noah will have some questions yeah. for you after after we've seen a clip of Pepper. I'll go yeah. so that I can accept the thing. Okay. Their screen. I should have done it on. I should have done it on whatever. I think it's a bit too late now because I'll have to stop sort everything out. Okay, so I'm sharing my missing screen. Am I? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go back to this, and I think I think this is probably not a great quality one. Horrified by, but it's the face painting one. It's not yeah. one I've written. I'm in. 
Sorry, it's slightly weird politics. <laughs> no, that's right. I think my um my favourite, well, because uh, my little one watches Peppa Pig, or used to watch Peppa Pig quite a lot. I think my favourite one with Mrs Rabbit in particular in is um the the one where the, the gym and the uh, the mummy pigs trying to relax and <laughs> yeah and you're just going past everyone going relax don't mind me just making all this noise relax relax <laughs> yeah, it's very good yeah it's a good it's good very well written i mean it's such mm. fun to do yeah. oh, we're still going to be doing it. It's interesting yeah. to see the difference yeah How, you know between it but when my little girl was was little my daughter mm. she's now 12 she played um, Alexander Rabbit, who was, I can't um, remember who's, Pepper's cousin, I think. Yeah. He does loads of all the time. So basically that, she, and then they were quite sweet. They gave her a credit for a whole season. Every season. <laughs> her name comes up. She's really excited about it. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, she's still a kid. She goes, you're like an Alexander Rabbit. You know, she's <laughs> very good. But yeah, no, it's really, I mean, it's, su it's such a nice series, and the atmosphere was really nice, and all the people that, that worked on it, I, you know, like the director, well, it was originally directed by uh, Mark and Ned, and then obviously then they stopped directing, and they were playing, they just won't, and, and Yoris and Sarah Roper took over, but Yoris and Hulson and, and Sarah had worked on the series since they talked, so I, I knew them really well, and I'd actually been at the Royal College of illustration, so there was a real team feeling to it and actually a team that have worked together through the whole 18 years you know so it was a really nice feel to it actually the working environment and the voice records and it was very familiar so it'd be very interesting to see i mean i know jamie and he's really nice and character nice so i'd be interested to see how it developed in, in the hands of somebody new mm. so that's good yeah it's really good but then from from pepper um mark and nev and um, we all enjoyed working together, but they wrote, they started, it's mainly Mark, he said that his daughter said, I want to, I want to watch, you know, a show about fairies, not about families. So then he wrote um, Ben and Holland's Digital Kingdom, which that's what came from. And that was the idea of that. And it was a slightly older audience. And Mark asked me, first of all, he said, I really want to give you a bigger part. Because it's just, even though actually... Nan, Miss Rabbit is an essential part of Pepper. She's obviously not in the family. She's not the main character Pepper is. And she wasn't Daddy Pig or Mum, but she did play. She's in almost every episode. She plays a really key role. But then they said they wanted me to have a key role and play some, you know, play another character. So they wrote Nanny Plum for me, which was really, really nice, actually. Um, and really fun to do and a lot of work. And when I, I started the job, I was pregnant. And um, or I became pregnant. I think we started doing the first series, and I was pregnant. Mm. And then, and then, so I carried on voicing and, um, until I was about seven months or eight months, and because I couldn't concentrate, I was so tired. You know, when you're pregnant, anyone who's been pregnant, you get really tired at the end. And I was like, and I was doing, and I couldn't put it on the words, or I'd go, "Sorry, what were we doing?" I got really confused. So then I stopped doing it for a few months. And then when Minnie was three months old, they said, "Do you want to come back and carry on?" I said, yeah, "All right." So I used to take Minnie on my daughter. I used to take Minnie on the train with me in her pram, and I had one of those. I had. I used to get the one the car seat. So I used to put her in the car seat, being attached to the rest of the pram. And then I just used to have loads of stuff, things on it. So I'd have. I'd stay with friends, or family, depending. And then I'd have like a little portable bath. I'd have a little portable bed. You know, you can get these. And I'd manage to get everything quite you know, small scale stuff. And I'd have it all attached to the pram. And I'd sort of wheel it onto the train. 
and I'd wear it off the other end. I could have everything going and my bag and everything. We'd get in a wheelie into a taxi and then I'd take her to the voice recording with me. So that's how she got the, the job of baby Alexander. I took her to the, to the voice recording with me and then um, she, I made sure we did it, we timed it so it was like a sleepy time. So I'd feed her and then she'd it would be in the voice record. So if she woke up, I'd always have a bottle ready. And then the, the um, man, you know, our friends would come with me and they'd just take Minnie for a walk. Or um, this other, the, oh, I forgot her name now. Anyway, she was the, the one of the production assistants. I'd been at college with her as well. You know, sometimes she used to take Minnie out for a walk to the park while I was doing the voice record. And we split it over two days. So I, I could get it all done. But yeah, it was interesting. So she came to all my voice records. I, felt, I used to feel like she was growing in my family listening to it. And she came <laughs> So I'll show you an episode of that if you'd like to see it. Unless anyone's got any questions. Well, uh, yeah, Noah's got a couple of questions. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So um, you've been so many different things. You've been a writer, director, voice artist, animator, everything like that. Um, I think a lot of people feel like they need to specialize in one thing in order to be successful. Um, so do you have any advice for anyone that kind of? wants to do a bit of everything but maybe feels a bit scared to pursue that as a career it depends on the company you go and work for like companies that are quite small i think there's some companies in manchester that will say no we want generalists because basically such a small company um flicks for instance they do sound recording but they also do animation so sometimes they have they want somebody who can do a little bit of special effects a little bit of animation because they need to take them off set, you know, they've finished doing one, but they need to put them on another job doing something else. So if it's a smaller company, they're more likely to have generalists, to have people who are different, are different things. And I think, but I think if it's a larger company or like a, you know, so um, a post-production company or often they want somebody, or even TV series, they want someone who is, who is an animator, like Pepper would be like that. Mm. The, uh, so they would have an animator or an art director, and that would be your role. And you may develop more when you move out into it, but you come in as a particular role. I mean, I think, I think it's really. I left college, and we were lucky. We could get. I didn't do it actually. I kind of got a commission with, it, with Channel Four to make a short film because that's what I wanted to do. And I, but I think essentially, I wanted to make films and tell stories. That was my my thing that kind of kept me going and and inspired me. And the voiceover was. I'd always done these voice tapes. So I'd always, I'd, I'd been doing that all my life. So it felt very natural for me to be in a voice recording studio. I'm, I can't, if I'm on a stage, it's slightly different, I'm very nervous, but on a voice recording studio, it feels like I'm at home. Mm. It feels very comfortable and it feels, you know, so much of it. And I always did it when I was growing up. Maybe it's just a reel-to-reel tape recorder. Mm. I think you have to be true to yourself. You can't force yourself into a space that doesn't suit you because you won't ever be happy. So I think, Part of knowing what you want to do is understanding actually what you really want to do. So when you, the world of animation is, actually there's loads of different sorts of jobs, there's writing or sound recording or, you know, art directing, backgrounds or in between and animating. And I think you have to really work out which bit you actually like. Now, if you like a few bits because you want to direct, then you have to work out a way of getting in, which is your strongest bit to get you into directing. So you might be really good at telling stories. So you might think, I'll go in, I'll write, and I'll go in through that way. Or you might think, I'll go in through storyboarding. Because no one's going to give you a directing job on a series, <laughs> leaving college. It's just really hard. So you have to go in some way. So for me, I, I actually went, I started working as a researcher, and then I went to East London's writing, and then I came up with my own idea, and I'd had some 
was working in telly. And in the meantime, I was doing voiceovers for little short animations, not being very well paid, but I, you know, I was just doing stuff. You know, so I think it is, think about what your actual strengths are and your strengths because that's the bit that you'll be good at and that's the bit that will offer your you know you will be able to get into it you know i had i had a student once and he said to me oh he came and he started on the ma and he said i want to make i want to make an award-winning film and i said well it's brilliant to be ambitious thank you so he carried on and he hadn't really done much animation he was an ma student but he, he was really hard working and the film he produced wasn't an award-winning film but it was a really good film it's good enough and so and he'd learned loads from it. But he was he, he was one of those students, he was never deterred and he was very determined. He said, I want to go and live in Canada. So um, after he finished the MA, he went out to Canada with his wife. He was not a mature student and he got his Canadian um, visa and he now, and then he went to live in uh, Vancouver. And when he was there, I said, oh, I've got some friends in animation um, that might, you know, that you could maybe contact and just so you kind of part of that community. And he contacted them, and they kind of ended up being quite friendly with them. I mean, it's got it was um, it was David Fine and Alison Snowden. They did Bob's birthday, basically. So he kind of got in touch with them, and he got to know. Them. And then he um, through actually David Fine because I'd always said to him, get whatever job you can to get in. So he then got a job working as a production in the production area as a production assistant. So he got a job doing that in an animation company. And then, because it was quite small, everyone talked. Eventually, said, "Oh, I did an animation MA." And they said, "Why are you doing this? Why don't you work on, on the other side of production?" He said, "Well, I just wanted to get in, <laughs> so I could understand what was going on." So then they said they looked at his film and they went, "Oh, this is great! Why don't you come and do? Why don't you do a little test and work on the crowd scene?" For, and it was it was a feature film. It was Escape from Planet Earth, and mm -hmm. then he gave a job. He do the crowd scene stuff for Escape from Planet Earth. Now he's working on a a big show, and I literally forgot the name of it. Which is terrible. And he's working full time as an animation director in Vancouver. So his routine wasn't as an animation director or even as an animator to begin with. He's in the door as a production assistant. So and he, and what he was he on his actual CV he'd worked for the council. So he had lots of jobs as, as being really organised, and he had a knowledge of animation. So he played to his strength of getting and then get your way through. So I think, you know get in in any capacity because you can work your way through networking a huge part of animation so basically getting in and understanding the the, the production you're on is a really good way of trending up so i want to show you this and i want to show you that and i when i worked on this series this um the first, when i had the first little commission and then i worked as a research company stevens kerr they made magazine shows the commissioning editor it was for youth TV at Channel 4, was called Stephen Garrett. And he then went on to run, he's the, he runs this big massive company called QDOS now. But at the time, he was a commissioning editor. And I would see him every week at these discussion shows or at screenings. I was always badgering him. I'd say, not too much, otherwise you'd be coming on with just <laughs> enough. I'd say, oh, can I show you my script? I've got a really good idea for this. Can I, it's about this and it's about that. And I'd sort of have a conversation and I'd, he'd say, well, I think it would be really good if you did it like that. And I'd go, oh, oh yeah, that's a good idea. So I'd sort of be, I'd, I'd involve his ideas. So he, without realising, he actually helped me develop this idea. And then I showed it to him and then he commissioned it. Mm. And I got a series called Nuts and that's because I was in his face. I'd see him every week. So he was familiar with me. He learned to trust that I did what I said I was going to do. I turned up on time. I did my job. And that's how I got, you know, that's kind of how you get how you get in, basically. It's not always 
jobs aren't always advertised and you go and get a job like you do when you leave school or when you go to university it's a much more complicated world so you've got to be quite clever at navigating it so basically I just get I say whatever you know even getting in as a runner getting in as a production system those are a slightly easier paths and then you can move across you may be lucky enough to get a job as an animator later some of my students get a job as assistants but you know like like the student who went to Canada he Nigel he had made a film and it was great but it wasn't he could you know he was still in this learn like I was when I went to the Royal College I made that funny film which wasn't particularly great but it kind of it was a nice story and it and it kind of got some attention and I think sometimes your potential rather than so you've still got to learn lots and he recognized that about himself and then went and got a job I mean, he's doing really well. so never give up learn to work, play to your strengths and and be fun to work with yeah. everyone everybody likes working with someone who's not <laughs> no one wants to work with somebody who's difficult life's hard enough and the production is really really stressful Mm. So you want to work with people you get on with you just can take pressure actually yeah um one of my next questions is um something kind of to do with that you played such a big role at when making craps and villas what what would you say were the kind of biggest challenges making that series but also the biggest achievements as well like the, the highs and lows it was all a challenge i mean when they got <laughs> she just thought oh my god i don't know what i'm doing i have no idea what i'm doing and i'm really frightened so I, but I, so pretending I wasn't frightened was quite a big challenge. Pretending I was confident, doing like that, yeah, yeah, production meeting. <laughs> but yeah, saw that. Everyone saw me just being really smiling, but actually I was quite, I was really frightened. Mm. So everything was a challenge. It was. I moved up from like this to there. It was massive. Yeah. So the production values went up massively. The expectation went up massively. The organisation was huge. You know, I wrote all the scripts, and, and you know, it was. I felt like I was just, just, I was just in a way. I didn't have time to make decisions. I just had to go like that about everything. Otherwise, nothing would have got made, and it wouldn't have got really good time. So that was actually oddly quite interesting. So, and I just had to trust my judgment because I didn't have time to question it. So that was quite. That gave me. And afterwards, I thought, well, actually, that was right. I kind of that was fine. But I think, you know, it was the it was the way everything was going on at the same time. So I was writing the script. And then we started directing it. So I had to start directing it um, before I'd finished writing the script. So we did the first five or the first four, and then I had to start directing it because of the time scale and the budget. And the shorter the time you can work on it, the cheaper it is. So if it fits in our budget, which was a million pounds, which seems like a lot of money, actually, get every penny gets paid. Mm. And, then, um, and then, so, and then I'd do thumbnail stories, and I'd give it to the storyboard artist. So I was then checking the storyboard artist's work. Then I was doing the voice records. Then I was so every day was broken up by loads of different things, and I had to make sure, you know, and all the animators had to know that I'd say, right, you're doing scene four, and this is what happens with these characters. Here's the voice track broken down, and I'll map it out for you. This is what happens here. This is what happens here, and this is what happens here. Here you go. So because I'd written it, I knew everything about what was going on with every bit of this of the episode. Um, so it was very very consuming and took over my life completely. So I didn't really have time to do anything else. We ended up doing late Thursday, weekends, you know, to make sure we delivered on time. And the crew were brilliant. They did go for it and they really, you know, worked really hard. And I think I was very tired at the time. So I feel like what I, I feel like I achieved, it was on budget, it was on time. I won some awards. I felt really, you know, pleased with it. I mean, it, it is quite rude and I, 
And I was quite a lot younger then, and liked, and liked shopping. So I think I, I definitely did that. But now I'm a you know, it's a little bit too shocking, really. But that's because I'm older now, and I've got a child who's never seen it. So it's a wonder. Um, so that was that. But um, I think, and I, but then after the first series, I was really ill. I had, I went to Africa on a safari. I thought, I'm going to get away and have a, a massive break. And my brother lived in Africa, and I went to see him. And then I went on safari from, from Nairobi all the way down to Cape. And while I was away, I had an act bus. Oh, we had an ended up falling off the seat and crashing down, and I slipped my disc. But then I was in hospital in, first of all, Johannesburg, and they gave me a back brace and loads of tablets. Then it never really got better. I flew back to Nairobi to get my bags. When I was there, my back went really badly wrong. I couldn't get out of the line of the arm. I couldn't get up. I couldn't get out of the country. So I was taken to hospital in Nairobi hospital. And I was in Nairobi hospital on loads of drugs. God knows what we was. Absolutely. Channel 4 wanted the second series. So I was getting faxes. There was no phone in those days. I had a phone that they wheeled in. And then by the time I got on, there was a power cut. And I never spoke to anybody. Of what they wanted. They wanted the second series to start. So I had to come home. So then I got not stretch at home, but I got I got a I was sent business class so I could lie flat. And so I didn't direct the second series because I was still ill and I had my operation on my back after series two. And that because I had quite I wrote all of it and I had a lot of time to think I just thought I'd worked so hard on Paxton and it had taken over my life such a lot of work. I thought, you know what? I, I if I do a series again. I'll make it so that I'm not actually killing myself to get it done. I'm quite a workaholic, and I like things to be perfect. But I thought I'll have let I'll make it so there's not as many sets to build, not as many characters. So there's a work-life balance, and what I learned from that is, with with a job, you have to have a work-life balance, and you can't just be working. You've got to have yeah. other stuff, otherwise you will go mad. So. <laughs> That's what I learned from it, really. And so since then, I'm always trying to try and make sure I have other things, you know, I kind of have enough time to relax. Yeah. That's kind of what I learned, really. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So shall I show, um, I'll show you a little bit of, I'll show you a bit of, um, shall I show you an episode of, of Ren and Holly? If anyone, I mean, you've probably maybe seen it, or if not, you, oh. I'll, show you. I'll share my screen. Okay. Oh, what have I done? I've come out of my tab, my Google tab. Now I've gone. Oh, here we are. Okay, I'll share my screen. So, um, How long are the episodes? This is 10 minutes. Is that too long? It's a bit long, isn't it? It's, it's only a few minutes to five. Um, we can show a clip if that's all right. And then... I'll just show the beginning and then yeah. that'll do. Yeah, God, I didn't realise it had gone. I've rabbited away. <laughs> Time oh. flies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hate for all of you as well. Not <laughs> blah blah blah. Right. I'll show you a little bit of this. Nanny Plum's lesson. Somewhere hidden amongst Yeah, they're really clever at, at just very simple stories that are really funny. And the observations are brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Really good. <laughs> And just yeah, everything's 
I, I do love all the little. There's uh, what's the other bit? The bit, the bit that I like as well is there's a scene with um, Peppa Pig is called up uh, Susie's sheep about not being able to whistle. Yeah. And when Susie goes what like this, and then she just puts the phone down with like a stern face. <laughs> that kind of thing is just you don't ex um, because it's a children's show. It's a it's it's funny when you're watching it and there's that kind of because I, I hadn't really watched Peppa Pig and then when my little one started watching it I sort of had to watch it yeah. but then you sort of see that there is some bits in there that aren't just for it's not that that wasn't for kids but that sort of thing that adults can appreciate yeah, yeah they're clever they're really clever because it's very gentle mm. I think the humor is quite gentle and you feel you know yeah, it's really, I mean, they're really, they were so specific about what they wanted. And even when they're directing you, they're very specific about the way everything's said. Mm. So you're working on your own. Each You don't go in with the other voice artists. You see them coming in and out, you're leaving and it's someone else's slot. And sometimes we'll do things together at BAFTA and there'll be something thing about the whole of Pepper and all the voice people will be there. Mm. But actually you're directed on your own. So, and each line is very specific about they want but and i think that's what's made it work it's their touch really yeah. mm. interesting to see how that changed yeah yeah definitely <laughs> i'm i'm sorry we're we run we've run out of time i'm afraid today because um and it, it i wouldn't mind overrunning actually but this room's going to be in use in a bit but uh, um but it'd be great to have you on again sometime as well um, that'd be brilliant that, but, yeah it's been really <laughs> nice to yeah, it's been really nice. Thank you very much, both of you, Noah and Sam. It's been really enjoyable. And it's been it's quite been great, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think everyone else has enjoyed it. We, I know that we've had a question from Wilfred and we've had quite a few popping in to watch, so it's been really nice. Well, um, but yeah, yeah, we'll we'll um we'll definitely do another one someday. Uh, it'll be fantastic. Yeah. Thank and you very much. Get us off the live view now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this QA podcast. We would like to thank Sarah Ann Kennedy for speaking to us and the Animation Club for their hard work. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Goodbye.